Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, obviously, do the like, do the commenting, do the sharing thing. Uh, you know, let us know your thoughts about uh, everything that we're going to dive into today. And, uh, man, we got a lot to talk about. And would you look at who is on the other end of the line with me today? COVID Baby. brother return to the Trouble with the Snap podcast is my co-host, co-founder, Jeremy Bile. Hey, hey, how you doing? How are you doing, my COVID brother? It's great to have you. Uh, we're, praise God, we're both alive and well. Um, I've been taking my vitamin C, feeling better. Again, uh, God is good. Uh, this isn't going to be uh, a church show, but hey. Faith number one here. Hey, let's have faith. There'll be a game this weekend, too, though. I know we don't want to talk too much about COVID, but, hey, uh, it's been quite distracting in this rivalry matchup. So yeah, we're going to have to talk. Yeah, and yeah, we'll get to that, but I want to talk some football first. Oh, good. Uh, you know, I look, everything's very, very vague right now in regards to this, so, but I want to get your thoughts about, you know, the conversations that the Big Ten is having. Rid of the divisions, and you know what you think about that and everything. Oh my gosh, I, I this is breaking news for me. Um, that is incredibly ridiculous. Um, I mean, they could ha- keep the divisions and move some teams around, or keep it like they used to have it with the the legends uh, divisions, right? The what was it, legends and what they call leaders and legends, or. Yeah, I mean, that was nice. I thought that worked out well and made most sense. Uh, no, it's here Here's my thing. The only reason they got rid of that, in my opinion, is because the names were freaking stupid. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it was one of those things. The Big Ten was just such a historical, traditional conference. The first huge move they made was obviously Penn State, right, coming into the conference, and that was like an eyebrow raiser. And, and I think now – I think they're trying too hard. I think they're trying so hard to, like, compete against the SEC. You're not going to compete against the SEC. So they're trying to do different things, right, to, like, make them stand out. Look, the Big Ten is a great conference. They don't need to do any more changing. The West Division, it's been not as good, but it's still not bad. I mean, Wisconsin still – You know, look, it's it's not great, but but there's still some decent football. Look, Purdue was – well, you know. Purdue was no joke this year, you know, and, and they, they they were fun to watch. Uh, Iowa wasn't fun to watch, and they really showed themselves against Michigan how bad they really were. Um, but Nebraska, look, they were tough to beat. You know, both Michigan schools found that out. I don't know. I, I just think it's okay the way it is. Leave it the way it is. It's not perfect, that's for sure. But if you keep doing all these different things, Tyler, it's just not going to work out. No, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Change the divisions, make them even. Send Michigan State out west if that's something you do, because Michigan State was better than Penn State for, and they've been better than Penn State for a while. Michigan State's been better than Michigan for a while now. Obviously, there are up and down years, but it's like, in, in obviously, Michigan's got the type of firepower that could, where they can just bounce back. Um, as far as resources go, but that, I mean, all of that, like 
if you just move Michigan State over and then you still have Wisconsin, who's usually, you know, uh, I don't know if they're top shelf, but second shelf. Uh, Iowa, who's a second shelf team. And you have Nebraska, who's very capable of being that second tier team. And Wisconsin occasionally can, you know, punch their way into that. Michigan State can, you know, do the exact same thing as Wisconsin, maybe just a little bit better and a little bit quicker. And they seem to be trending upwards. You know what I mean? Like, just just switch the divisions. Yeah. Just throw Michigan State out west. You know, sw- swap MSU and Purdue. Do do something like that. Keep a prote- keep the protected rivalries. Give Michigan if you got to throw Penn State in there too, and give Michigan State Penn State every year and Michigan and Indiana, if you got to protect all three of them, then go ahead and do it. All three of Michigan State's trophy games, go ahead and do it. Otherwise, you know, just let it go. Like you don't need to well, make these massive sweeping changes just because the SEC is hacking off two top Big Twelve teams that are going to end up flaming out in the middle of the pack. I, what's ridiculous is Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State being in the same division. It really yeah. only needs one team out of that. And I still think it's Penn State, in my personal opinion. I think Penn State, with their prestige, still recruits well enough and had some good seasons where, you know, even if James Franklin, you know, comes off as not a very good coach because he's not all the time, uh, they still have a lot of really talented players. And I could see them battling Wisconsin every year for that division where Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, they can try to fight for that, that, that uh, division in the East. I, I think that's all they need to do, Tyler. I mean, I think it makes most sense. You have way too strong of one division. I mean, with Penn State, Michigan, Mich- you know, Michigan State, and Ohio State, that's ridiculous. You know, yeah, that, I, that is way he, too much. He, he, here's what you need. You need to – I think you need to keep Ohio State and Michigan in the same division. Of course. Uh, oh. So throw Michigan State and Penn State in. Uh, I know Penn State's East and get hung up on semantics. Uh, get throw those two teams out East, then shuffle a uh, Wisconsin or Iowa. <coughs> or excuse me, two teams out West. Throw a Wisconsin or Iowa there. So now you got Michigan yeah. State, Penn State, and. Let's say Wisconsin in one division. You have Ohio State, Michigan, and Iowa in the other. And you can kind of differentiate, hey, these teams are the top teams in this division. These teams are middle-of-the-pack type teams, and these are the bottom feeders. It's like that, that's how it was with Legends and Leaders, but, you know, obviously that didn't hold. And, I would love know, Minnesota. I would love Minnesota and, um, you know, to – I would in, in Iowa. I would love Minnesota and Iowa because here's the other thing that doesn't get talked about enough. Even though it's not a great rivalry, the Brown Jug game, you get yeah. that every year. Like we don't get that every year, and, and that's keeping more excitement because it's a trophy game, right? Michigan State has all these trophy games; they don't need it. You know, they need to go to the other division. So I actually kind of agree with you. Two and two, you know, like a Minnesota, Iowa, or whoever, you move them over. You move Michigan State and Penn State, or whatever you got to do. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, it move Indiana to the West. I know that's weird geographically, I guess. Is it? I don't know. I mean, they ain't traveling that far. I mean, I just think you want the best two teams playing each other in that championship game. Your best yeah. opportunity for that. 
is moving. It doesn't even have to be the best two, but there has to be like some competitive balance where a team like, I mean, Michigan State, if they lose to Michigan, let's say they lose to Michigan, Michigan gets in and by way of tiebreakers, Ohio State is like the number two team in the East Division. Like Michigan State could have lost one game and still been third place. You know, if they, this is a great question I had for you. I'm glad you bring this up because I was going to ask you this before, and this will prove our point. This is the best question you'll hear of 2022, Tyler. Who were, in your opinion, yeah, who, in your opinion, were the top three teams in the Big Ten Conference this year? Don't look at head-to-head. Just look at who were the best three teams in the Big Ten this year. I'm going to say it was – Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. <laughs> yes, they were. I mean, if you look at the full body of work, Michigan State, they beat Penn State, they beat Michigan. Ohio State beat the snot out of everybody, right? I mean, they crushed Michigan State, but then they lose to Michigan, who was beat by State. Those are the best three teams. When you look at Wisconsin laying an egg against Minnesota, Wisconsin was garbage at the start of the year. Iowa was great and then awful for a stretch. I mean – the best three teams were in the same division, arguably the best four teams because Penn State was so talented. They just, I don't know what happened to Penn State this year, but they were really, really good on paper. They just didn't get it done because Franklin, I mean, they had two games they should have probably won. (laughs) Plus you're also playing, you're also taking L's against, you know, the top three teams in the conference. So, yeah. I mean, that, that was three of their losses. You have to play those three teams. If they're in the West, that doesn't happen. No. Exactly. No. And so, th- th- I mean, that's the only thing they need to change. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and uh, the ACC, you know, obviously they're all jumping into bed together. And I'm just concerned that they're trying to make too many changes that are going to – you know, just completely screw up the landscape of college football. Um, I think there's some agreements that might, you know, benefit all three leagues, but the Big Ten needs to try to keep things as, you know, I'm going to say as stagnant as possible, just, you know, swap swap out the divisions. Yeah, you don't need a complete overhaul just because the SEC decided to snag two more teams that are going to completely fall off the map. Uh, once they go to a tougher conference that and, and one that plays a little bit of defense. Um, I think Texas, talk, last thing hey, I'll say, because we got a lot of basketball, I think Texas is going to be, this is going to benefit just them. I really do. I don't know why but I have this feeling, but we'll talk about that more next year or this year in the fall. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we're we're going to stick with football for one second to talk of Mike McDonald leaving. Mike McDonald obviously led yeah. Michigan defense. Um, and he was on loan. It was an internship, you know, see how he does running a defense. And then, uh, you know, then, then we'll call him back up to the big boy league. And that's what is happening. Um, and Mike McDonald is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens after one year of turning around Michigan defense. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that early Really quick because you know we're basketball guys. It's basketball season, but this obviously warrants a little bit of conversation. Uh, you know, 
a lot of people are freaking out about it. I'm not. Like, I, I thought DJ Durkin was fantastic, Harbaugh's first year. I mean, they really, really played well under him. And, and obviously, he's been in some hot water since. But I thought his intensity was outstanding. And I thought Don Brown came in and, and had some good years. Don Brown just was not able to be more diverse. Now, you know, Mike McDonald was diverse. That's what made him a little different. But I don't think, like, when you look at the whole season – and you really look at numbers. I know numbers don't mean everything. You know, DJ Durkin had three straight shutouts, Tyler, as a defensive coordinator. They're going to find a guy. My point is they're find someone who knows what they're doing. Like, is, is they gonna, are they going to be better than Michael McDonald? I don't know. And here's the other thing. If he stays, like, you don't know. Like, he was new, and it throws people off that first year. Like, that's what happened with Don Brown. Like, people were surprised on how physical Michigan was up front and also how physical they were on the on the edges. They played a lot like Michigan State in the secondary under Don Brown. They just didn't have anything different than that. But I'm not worried for Michigan's sake. They're going to get another good D.C., a really good one, yeah, or the, someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, the, I mean, the problem, in my opinion, is – you know, while Michigan's losing defensively, he's going to earn him a lot more than switching yeah. their defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I think Mike McDonald would have struggled this coming year. I mean, I, I think when you lose Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo, you're not going to get the same pressure. So well, that makes it easy to throw off everything. And, and Hill, and yeah, it's uh, going to be a new look team for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and so and we'll obviously break that down. Spring games coming up. We'll probably do it around that time. Um, and what the new defensive coordinator position looks like. Maybe the new head coach. Um, no, well, man. The Raiders still kind of, you know, looking fun. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about all that a little bit later. Um, let's get to the basketball stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. The you know the actual games. Um, look, at the beginning of the year, Michigan was projected to. 14 in the league. Um, in my mind, I had them around that four or five spot just because, you know, Illinois was still going to be up there. Ohio State, obviously Purdue. Um, Mishwaka's finest and Jay Nivey. Um, and so you kind of had that thought that, you know, Michigan's still obviously going to be good. Still got Dickinson, still got Brooks, a lot of incoming talent. Um you know, trying to hit that transfer portal. And I thought they were going to be up there. They fell off. Well, they're starting to trend the right direction, uh, winning three straight games. Michigan State was projected to be middle of the pack. Uh, they jumped straight up to the top of the league, and now they're starting to fall off. And, I like, I feel like these teams are just destined to meet at some sort of crossroad because this is what we were talking about the last time we were getting ready to preview Michigan and Michigan State um, was, you know, Michigan State's on the upswing, Michigan's falling a little bit, and now we're doing it the other way around, and Michigan State still higher up as far as the conference rankings go. Like, w- what's going on with both of these teams like why can they just not find that consistency well michigan doesn't have a player that can create for themselves or others besides hunter dickinson which is killing them and people are like what do you mean he doesn't have the the ball yet they give him the ball and they play off him 
And, yeah. and last night, everything, you know, rewatching the game, um, everything that I said would be the problem this year. If he gets in foul trouble, what do they do? Happened last night. You know, he got in foul trouble and they had to sit him out some minutes. Then he fouled out. They actually pulled it off with him falling out, which was shocking. But without him, the offense gets stagnant. Caleb Houston is playing better, but he's not a guy that can really just get his own shot whenever. Someone needs to get him the ball, and then he has a little bit of room, right? Um, yeah. You know, the, Devontae, the point guard, he's playing much better, and, and that has helped them. Uh, Eli Brooks is solid as a rock. We know that. I mean, he's about to break the all-time games played at Michigan in the next three, two or three weeks. Um, well, you, you do that after seven years. You know, yeah, I mean, he's in year five, and it's incredible. I mean, he's he, he's been solid for them. He's on the promo um, program. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, looking at the program right now, not even – let's just say this season. Michigan, shockingly, because people don't really understand this, and a little bit it has to do with, you know, them not playing Purdue and Michigan State last week or whatever it was, they're a game back from first place. It, it, it's shocking because you're like, they played so horrible this year at times. Yeah. But that's how it goes. You win three games in a row, and teams beat each other up. Here we are again. Michigan's got a shot to win the Big Ten. It's wide open. It's absolutely wide open. So this weekend's game is massive for not just the rivalry. It's massive for placement in this conference because Michigan, you know, you're now you're two back. You know, two games back again if you lose. Michigan yeah. State loses. They're tied with Michigan, and then you're one game back. So it's it's like. You're knocking each other around, right? And you got to beat each other up and see who who uh, lasts in the end. That's how this conference has been for years. And usually it's Tom Isso's teams at the end, like last year even. They looked bad, and they figured out how to reel off, what, five games in a row? <laughs> so, you know, I, Jawan's team is the last thing I'll say on Michigan. When Hunter Dickinson is in the game, they are they're tough. They're not great. But he is that good. You know, when he is playing his game and he's passing the ball out well and guys are hitting shots, they're really, really solid. Uh, this is a team that could make the Sweet 16, maybe, if Hunter Dickinson is playing the way he's playing right now. Uh, if he gets in foul trouble, they're not good. And defensively, Tyler, they really struggle. I mean, Northwestern was getting to the paint at will. Um, you know, they don't have Shonday Brown. Franz Wagner, they don't have length or speed. That's a major problem for them. So this game is going to be a war Saturday because both teams really can't create for themselves. So uh, it's going to be a battle inside with Hunter, you know, and Bingham and Julius and Sissoko. And uh, it's going to be a wrestling match per usual. Yeah, and I mean, I'm obviously intrigued by it. Uh, just because, I mean, you said it, neither team really has that guy who would just completely take over and dominate. Uh, Gabe Brown showed that in flashes. Christie's capable of it, um, but he's too young to be consistent enough. Um, and so I, I'm curious to see who gets off to, I mean, the quicker start. And obviously this game is going to be in East Lansing. And so that's going to, I think, favor Michigan State a little bit. But, look, Bingham and Brown, both both of those guys have had, had their issues. Uh, you know, both of them uh, 
came down with COVID and are struggling kind of getting back to it. And I, th- I think that's where Michigan State's been hurting. And when you have a guy like Bingham who's struggling, you know, you can throw Marble in there, which is all well and good, but he picks up fouls at an Anagania-ish type rate. And, you know, Sissoko's just not – he's not, you know, uh, he's very raw still. And so what we've been seeing is a lineup that consists of, you know, whatever point guard has a hot hand, whether it's Walker, Hogart, Christie, Brown, and then Malik Hall, who, by the way, has just been, I'll say, maybe the most consistent player for Michigan State this year, not named Max Christie. Um, that has Malik Hall and Joey Hauser as the four and the five. Now, where th- this is what interests me in that Michigan in the Michigan matchup is Hunter Dickinson can't guard Joey Hauser. Yeah. I, I don't think he can. I don't think. I mean, Hauser's not you know fleet of foot, so to speak. But you have him on the perimeter. You have him pick and pop, and you have him doing things that. Really, Dickinson's just not prone to guard. Now, obviously, the same can be said on the other end. You throw Dickinson on the block against any one of those five guys I mentioned for Michigan State, and he's going to freaking eat them alive. So that that's where I that's where my interest is. is hey, Tyler, keep we... going for a minute. Talk about this. Give me one second. Keep going. <laughs> Someone needs coffee. Nope. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, that that's where my interest is, is are we going to see that lineup or is Michigan State going to play more with a standard, typical mold type five? Are they going to be playing Marcus Bingham a little bit more than what they have over the last few games? Because he still had his moments where he's blocking shots and he's getting tips and he's doing all that type of stuff. Or are we... We're going to see a little bit more of Julius Marble, who's played uh, pretty well as of late, um, though his post-defense has been a little iffy. Are we going to see more Suzoko than we have all year because of the size of Dickinson? And that, you know, there's a lot of questions to be answered right around that position. And so that that's where my – that's where I'm going to be keeping my eye, obviously uh, – you know, how guys like Caleb Houston and how uh, Max Christie respond to the pressure as a <coughs> respond to the pressure as freshmen playing in this rivalry game and being guys who are expected to lead their teams um, is secondary. But how Michigan State plays that five spot, how they guard Dickinson, how they try to attack Dickinson, that I mean that that's where I'm going to be keeping my eyes uh, during the course of this game. Well, are we going to go prediction? Because I'll tell you what, I'm about to be in the factory, and we're going to definitely work on some left-handed sky hooks from Hunter Dickinson, and uh, maybe some trailer threes from Joey Hauser. We're definitely not going to teach AJ Hogarth dribbling right into the defenders. But um, we will have some uh, cones set up. Here's nice boundaries. But are we going prediction uh, for the game yeah. or not? 
Yeah, the the prediction was, uh, you know, what we're going to wrap on. I've got my own basketball stuff i got to hit up here. So uh, let's go ahead and let's do that. What do you got? I think State – like I first thought State would win by double digits until watching – The last three games? games. <laughs> well, <laughs> this was actually before the Northwestern game. So really breaking down Michigan against Northwestern, they're going to be tough to stop if Hunter plays well because – especially how they call the game. The, the officiating was atrocious last night in the Northwestern game because it was completely opposite of what the Big Ten usually calls. It was touch, 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 foul the whole night. Yeah. I don't expect that at the Breslin Center. But if Hunter Dickinson can get a couple buckets, get a couple calls, go his way, and then they're going to sub like crazy at the five, and he's kicking out and they're in threes, it's going to be a close game. But I, I think State wins. I just think it's going to be closer than I thought because I do think Michigan's playing better right now. Um, their point guard plays better now. Um, and they got just enough to make it tough for State. But I think State, who has played really well at home for the most part besides Northwestern, um, I think they hit a lot of threes. I think, you, you know, you're going to find out quick, Tyler. This is a team you can drive on. This is a team you can drive and kick on. Northwestern got whatever they wanted inside and out. The only difference is Northwestern's post-play scoring-wise is better than State. But the drive and the kick will be there all night. And, and I think Gabe Brown will hit some big threes. I think Christie will hit some threes. I think, uh, you know, probably, a, you know, Malik Hall, you know, how they drive and kick to him and he's in the corner or wing and he hits a nice three. I think State's going to hit a bunch of threes. I'm going to even call it. I think they're going to hit eight or nine threes Saturday, and that's going to be the difference because Michigan cannot contain the ball, Tyler, and they don't close out well enough either because they don't have the same length. So, you know, I, I think – a 68-61 win for State is what I'm going to call it. Uh, well, we had uh, very similar numbers there. Um, so I'm going to change my Michigan State score just because that was close. I'm just going to dock them a point. I'm going to say 67-63 Michigan State. Uh, you you said it. Uh, Michigan's having issues containing the drive. That's where Brown has struggled lately. Um, so I think he's going to get it going. You're not going to be able to stop him. What three straight games? Um, I think he's not as I don't think he took the step that we were hoping that he would take, but I think he's still one of those types of guys who, you know, he he can still do some things that obviously benefit your team. Um, I think he's going to be locked in defensively, um, guarding a guy like Houston, and I think that uh, that's going to take him away. Um, between Christy Walker and Hogard, I think they have enough to stop Michigan's backcourt. Uh, but like I said, I'm watching that five position. I'm watching to see how Michigan State does it. Are they going to run Hauser out there and uh, try to make Dickinson play on the outside? Um, obviously, that will hurt you on the other end of the floor. Um, but that that's where my eye is, and so I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, Houston's starting to come along, though. Um, Looking like he's going to fight Christie for uh, some Big Ten Freshman of the Year type honors, and so I'm. But I think right now Christie's the better player. I think right now Michigan State's got the better point guards, even though they're inconsistent. They both guys have had really big moments. Um, I think they're better on the wings, and this is going to I. I think Michigan State can still rebound well enough to uh, make things uh, 
interesting, though they don't have their typical post presence. So I, I've got Michigan State winning this one. Uh, but hey, Jeremy, it was good to talk to you, man. Like, on yeah, we're uh, back the at air. It, yeah, and uh, we'll we'll hit you up with a recap on Monday, probably. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll we'll talk about this game. Anything else that breaks, uh, you know, any Raiders news or anything like that, we'll obviously discuss everything going on on that front. But yeah, that, that was a good show back. You know, a lot to yeah. talk about. So nice. we'll uh, nice big rivalry game. Yep, and we'll go ahead. With, like I said, we'll break that down early next week. But that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. For Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hayward.